live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige hey. Burke. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> Okay, in case you're new to the show, we're The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women, and we're the women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first, and we're the coaches. So to learn more, head to the episode notes to book a free consult call. You guys, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about... I'm going to put it in quotes, even though you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. Are macros wrong for me? So we are going to be diving into how to tell if tracking macros is wrong for you or right for you, why macros get a bad rep. And then we're also going to start unpacking some of those bad reps. I know. So many. And we're going to wrap things up with some tangible ways that you can use macro tracking in a way that really works for you. So we got a lot to get Love. into. Hot topic. Hot topic. But before we do, I want to introduce a brand spanking new segment. They, I, all uh, they the passed me over as the host and I was like, you know what? New segment time, people. I feel like there's a meme and it's your face and it's like host one podcast creates 14 new segments. <laughs> it's like, like, what is the show about at this point? Like, are we going to be talking about the podcast becomes the segment. literally are we going to talk about astrological mm-hmm. signs, the phases of the moon? <laughs> Like how you are like anti-white claw and like very into like weird Vermont beers now. I don't know. Where is this going to go? Yes. I'm dead. There's (laughs) never been a more accurate representation of me as a host. (laughs) (laughs) But here we are. Without further ado, we are starting a new segment entitled What I Am Macro Crushing On. Get it? So cheeky. Okay. I get it. I love it. So this is your favorite thing you've made, ate, or have really been craving this week. It can be macro, quote unquote, friendly, whatever that means, or it can be unhealthy as shit. But we're going to go into this. Good. Um, Good. Paige, what are you macro crushing on these days? Honestly, right now, pasta is just sounding good every single night, Monday through Sunday. So obviously I like to switch it up a little bit. I can't really eat bonza on the reg. I know, Christina, you're a fan of the barilla over the bonza. I know. I still have yet to try it. I got to get on that. It's better. I know. But I've been experimenting with several different forms of pasta. And by experimenting, I mean microwavable, boiling water, and refrigerated zucchini noodles. So we're going all the way from cauliflower gnocchi, like I mentioned, bonza, zucchini noodles, add some marinara. I really like this organic marinara. It's like $5 a freaking can or jar, but it's amazing, amazing stats. And, you know, just a little ground turkey, a little ground beef if you're into it. I know Nat has like this sad... Oh, is it Nat or Christina that has like this sad aversion? Oh, it's Christina. To I love it. It's me. Yeah. So Italian season the shit out of that ground turkey and then just pour the marinara over oh, and you're good. Sounds... Wait, what are you microwaving? Yeah, I was just about to ask that. I'm like, back up. What microwavable pasta? Yeah. You were like, you know, boiling <laughs> yeah. water, microwaving. I was like, no, I don't know. Anything. Enlighten me. 
I feel like I blacked out and well, said that. you need to deliver now because we're both real excited about it. <laughs> so what are you microwaving? Oh my God. I don't even uh, know. That's what okay, I'm saying. So to clarify, Paige is not microwaving pasta. To Welcome yeah. to the Habit Podcast full no. of fake macro news. Fake <laughs> news. <laughs> Spreading the fake macro news. Okay, Nat, what about you? Okay, so mine is actually also pasta. This was something I made recently where I just was like dying for pasta salad, like the kind that you had when you were growing up with like Italian dressing and like bow tie noodles and a bunch of veggies, like heavy on the Mm -hmm. cucumbers. So cold. I was wanting this, but cold, 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 cold. So wanting this so bad. So I literally whipped up the largest portion of this you've ever seen. It was like a massive salad bowl to eat for the week. And then when I actually went in to like calculate the macros on it, I was like, hold on, this is quite high in protein. And like the carbs are like pretty reasonable and the fat is actually low because it's like a low fat Italian dressing. This was so freaking good. You guys, I ate this like every day for lunch and it was literally just like the Barilla Protein Plus Pasta bow tie noodles. Very important. Some tortellini. It added some protein with the cheese and then just like a ton and ton and ton of vegetables and some basil. What kind of vegetables? It's gone now, but I miss it. I did peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers. I think that was it, but it was delish. Highly recommend. Christina, take us away. Oh my God, this is V with a (laughs) capital V, unhealthy. It is Christina Tosi corn cookies from Milk Bar. (laughs) Okay, so my mom kind of... Like, I don't even know where she found this recipe, but I live down the street from my mom. For those of you who don't know my geographical location and (laughs) nearby relatives, but my mom lives down the street from me. So we're over there every weekend, lots of family. And my mom's always like whipping up some delicious food or like cookie or like new something or other. So she got her hands on the corn cookie recipe from Milk Bar. Have you guys heard of these? Yes. Okay. So it's like, this obscure cookie that basically tastes like biting into a buttered ear of corn. I'm dying. And sometimes we even make ice cream sandwiches out of them and put vanilla ice cream in the middle. So it's like eating a buttered ear of corn dipped in ice cream. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, honestly, I've never tried logging it. Nobody knows what that shit would look like uh, because it would be so, so crazy. So, but I haven't been logging that. So that's why I haven't been logging it, but it's just, it's really hard not to eat like 4,000 of them. So that's my number one um, thing that I'm crushing on right now. But when I'm not, but it's not Sunday and I'm not just like eating my weight in cookies. I am really feeling sliders right now. So like baby salmon burger sliders, like lean ground beef sliders, um, ground turkey, not breast sliders. Um, so many good options, you know, baby little sliders are like kind of my favorite thing to do right now. I love that. I love a slider. They're good for hosting. To- oh, good. Good call. What'd you say? Yeah. Good for like hosting. So good for hosting. Also good if you've like already had like a ton of snacks for the day. You could just have like a slider or two sliders. You don't have to do the whole like four situation, which is I believe a standard yeah. serving of sliders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just fun to like because then you have different toppings on them as well. Mm. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Variety. Yep. So I'm really into the like slider thing. Yeah. So I'm bored. 
But I really want to go back and revisit this milk bar situation. I'm going to be in New York City this upcoming week. And I have never been to Milk Bar, but I have obviously stalked the crap out of them on Instagram. and stuff. Totally. The cookie looks incredible. I also need to know about the soft serve situation. Is it like, do you know much about this? Is it like cereal ice cream? Like, back up. Yeah. So it's like steeped milk, like milk that's had cereal in it. And then the cereal has been strained out of it. And then I'm sure she like puts a bunch of sugar and like other like heavy cream and stuff in it. But it essentially like it's saucer, but it tastes like cereal milk. I'm dying. I need this so bad. She's a, she's a genius. Like she should be the president probably. <laughs> I am speechless actually. She's just a genius. That's Have you ever genius. watched a food show about her, Christina Tosi? Ugh. First of all, she's just like chic AF. She's like absolutely beautiful has this bubbly amazing personality i want to say she was i don't remember the name of the show maybe it's like chef's table or something the last one of the seasons of chef's table was all pastry chefs and a lot of them were women and she was one that she, like there's a whole show about her and she's like shows all of these like recipes and like this empire that she's built and how she got her start and she's just a very likable character and is super creative she sounds like an actual genius uh okay well thank you for enlightening me about this i she doesn't know about macros she's no when she doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> what if we reach out to her and we're like hey would you want to collab and like make like a macro friendly like corn cookie thing no they're in the episode of, of her you watch she like is walking down the aisles of convenience stores to get and like bodegas to get inspiration like the candy aisle and she'll buy like butterfingers and stickers uh. and twix and like she'll just buy every candy bar and then come home like go back to her like lab and just open it all up and be like what can we do today i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> oh my That's god a dream job. well yeah transitioning right along to you know, quite another light topic. <laughs> I don't know how we segue into this from that, to be totally fair. But yeah, let's just that was it. a really clean transition. <laughs> That's me. Clean transition. That. OK, <laughs> we are going to dive into like when you can take like a conversation like this, you know, where we're talking so much about like corn cookies and soft serve and butterfingers and then transition is like how to eat in a way that like is balanced for you and for your body and for macros and how to come off of a conversation like that and start thinking about different ways to eat where you know you're probably not going to be eating a corn cookie like four times in a day multiple times a week and how to know if moving into macros and moving into like making choices like that is just completely not right for you so before we dive into this topic, I do want to just start the show by sharing that Christina, Paige, and I are not doctors. We're completely here sharing our own experience, our own opinions, our own thoughts. So leading in to let's talk a little bit more about like what macros actually are like at their core when we really break it down and what it means to track macros. And truly what this is, is it's just awareness. It's just learning about what is in your food and what the breakdown looks like of how much you eat and really just taking a magnifying lens to your portions, to the frequency of your choices with food and drink, etc. That being said, I think it's always important to notice when or if oh, this kind of awareness is not right for you. 
And, you know, obviously if you have a history with an eating disorder, if it triggers disordered eating or negative mental health effects for you, macro tracking may not be right for you. And that's completely okay. Your health is always going to be the top priority. And kind of leading in, I do want to ask you guys, when have you ever noticed or have you ever noticed if, you know, macros were not serving you? And if you ever had like a moment of doubt around like if macros were or were not right for you? Hmm. Good question. I would say that there were definitely times in my life in which I was tracking macros in an unhealthy. Uh, I don't know if it's unhealthy, but I would say I was definitely tracking my food intake in an in unsustainable way. What did that look like? My first macro program ever. I was very much in my learning phase. So I was really obsessed. And I guess I quite, I didn't quite understand how it worked and didn't, I feel like maybe I didn't know what to look for. Like, I just thought, okay, these are my goals and, you know, these are my daily goals and I have to hit these goals every single day within like with, with triple zeros, you know, like I have to get there every single day. So if that required me to like remove a couple pieces of like broccoli from my plate because it was like over the weight or like whatever I would totally do that and so I did I did my first program I did for maybe like 16 weeks and I remember getting to that like 15 week mark and thinking to myself like there's only one week left of me having to track with like try use my fitness pal and like weigh my food and I just like I'm so excited to just like not have to do this anymore. So it was very much like a program with a start and an end date and it was like super intense. But at the time I mean at the time I kind of enjoyed doing it that way. So it sounds like it was super all or nothing for you, right? Like there was really no totally, totally. And it wasn't until a long, it wasn't until years later that I figured out like a full two years later. And I did a whole nother 16 week program in that exact same style. Um, that like sign up, go so hard and then just stop. I did that again, literally a year later. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, two years from that initial program that I kind of realized that like, okay, there's a way to do this. (laughs) sustainably there's a way to do this in a way where like I can take all the best parts of that program so like feeling really good in my workouts being super confident in how I looked like fitting in my clothes absolutely perfectly like I was achieving this like level of physical being that I didn't even know I was capable of but I think the road to getting there the first two times (laughs) was like a little (laughs) again I don't want to say unhealthy because of the time it wasn't like I wasn't unhealthy at the time. I wasn't like struggling. Like, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. But there were. But I could totally. S- Go ahead. Yeah. But they're, they're like, I think finding the way to get there uh, in a more like sustainable way and like you taking all the best parts of it um, and being able to apply that to my day to day life took me a little while to get there. I could totally see, though, from an outsider's point of view. Let's say you're talking to a friend or a family member right. about your program initially, Christina, like I'm doing the 16 week thing. I'm going really, really hard. It's almost like a, another type of diet, right? Because it's like on, 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 off, off, yep. off, on, on, on. Yep. So I can almost see why 
people would get a bad perception of macros because you weren't looking at it then, I would assume, from a lifestyle standpoint. It was a diet for you at that time. Absolutely. And I think people look at macros like it's just a way to diet. And in a lot of programs, it is just a way to diet. And like Mm -hmm. you can use macros to diet. That's one of the things you can do with it. And when I went in at first, I mean, I I went in with wanting to obviously like lose some pounds and just like get a lot stronger as well. So like I I experienced major, major body composition changes, like major and strength changes. But it wasn't until later that I kind of figured out. And my coach also my coach at the time didn't say I was like doing anything wrong. Like I came into the program with these specific goals and like, guess what? You know, 14 weeks in, I was not only there, but past there. And like, I wasn't saying I was hungry because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't feeling like isolated, like nothing about it was wrong. You can very much do that that way if you want to, you know, it worked for me. So um, I think it's, it's kind of about like what the person coming in is looking for. (laughs) Paige, I love what you just touched on with being like, you know, like it can look like just another diet because I actually yeah. think that this is probably the most common bad rep that macros get. And I think that for a lot of people, this is actually where it can get confusing to be like, is this right or wrong for me? Um, because if you're viewing it from that lens of, you know, being like so strict or like, you know, this has to be one way or not at all, like, yeah, it's it's not going to be sustainable. And it's also probably going to like really impact your life in a negative way, potentially, you know, like kind of like to your point, Christina, like you had some huge benefits with it, like you were achieving your goals, like things were going really great. But on the other side of that, like it wasn't sustainable. Right. And from a lifestyle perspective, it sounds like it wasn't right for you. But from like an accomplishing your goals quickly standpoint, it was perfect for you. Totally. So I also want to kind of talk a little bit more about some of those bad reps and like where it gets really confusing and like it can yeah like let's like unpack some of these stereotypes a little bit Paige what's one that you feel like you hear a lot I feel like people think that you have to follow this really 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 strict kind of almost obsessive tracking system in your day right like you you can't go out because you have to be you know, weighing and logging and measuring everything that you eat at home, that there's no other way to do it other than being a hermit. And that also means being 100% accurate all the time. So God forbid you have a bachelorette weekend coming up and the amount of stress that someone might feel if that were to be something that they have prior to a program, I can understand, but it's not the case at all. Talk a little bit more about that. What's like your experience with that and it not being the case? Yeah, I think because, and I have sort of a different perspective, right? Because I came into this definitely with physical goals, but the program coaches you through more from a lifestyle standpoint. So I guess I was never really that concerned. I can understand how other how other people might feel that way, especially if they're doing it on their own, right? Like without any guidance and without any, any angel on their shoulders, people like to say. So, you know, I was never really too afraid to still live my life and still say yes to the girls weekend and have the date night out because I knew it was just one day and that the next day we could start over again, but I would still do my best when I was out in that instance. 
Right. You were able to like weigh what was worth it and then decide like and understand what how it would impact your progress. Right. Exactly. I want to dive a little bit more into like the sustainability because I think that's also where macros can get a really bad rep. Like, for example, if, you know, you're somebody who responds really well to like a high fat, high protein ratio, but you're like trying to force your body into eating like 250 grams of carbohydrates every day. So Christina, talk a little bit more about what it could look like to create something more sustainable with macro ratios. Sure. So, I mean, ultimately it's up to like, it's up to you what this looks like, right? Even if you're working with a coach, like the the coach is taking cues from you. They're trying to figure out like what is working best for you. So there's no one way to track your macronutrients. Like you said in the beginning, it's just about awareness, right? So taking in awareness of, or being aware of how many carbs, fats, and proteins you're bringing in. If you know you're somebody that prefers to eat a high protein, high fat, or like you feel better on a higher protein, high fat, lower carb diet, you can totally do that. You can easily play with those ratios and use those. Um, And that's something you could tell your coach or you could play with on your own. Me personally, I'm a high carb, super high carb. I thrive high carb, moderate protein, pretty low fat kind of girl. That's just how I feel better. But it took a long time for me to realize that. Like I tried paleo for a long time and everybody was like, oh my God, I'm like unstoppable on paleo. And I just simply wasn't getting enough carbs. I felt terrible. I like almost passed out one day when I was, when I was paleo. So in terms of like figuring out what feels best for you, like you said, you can really do, you can really track your macros however you want to. It's, there's no one way to track macros. There's not one ratio that you have to hit to go on a cut or bulk or get stronger or like whatever. The key components are like hitting enough protein in your day for like the activities that you're doing for enough recovery, you know, enough carbs for what your energy is. But again, it's, it's totally up to you how that looks. And then in terms of sustainability, you really don't have to be perfect when it comes to macros, right? Again, if you're staying within that caloric intake and getting close enough, you're balanced. Like you don't have to be within like one gram every single day. Like we like to practice this this thing called tiered macros where it's like the number one thing you want to do is obviously hit all your macros as close as possible. But like, guess what? Some days it's just like not going to happen. So Sometimes you can hit, you know, your just your protein and let carbs and fats fall where they may for the day, staying within your calorical. Sometimes neither of those things are going to happen. So you just want to stay within your calorical for the day. So all of those things are just different tiers of like how to be aware of what you're taking into your body. So you don't have to do it like I did it on that first program. I love that. I also think, and I, Paige, I think this was your little like thought bubble, but about macros not letting you be intuitive. Yeah. I think this is probably the most common one that I Mm. hear on like Instagram and on podcasts because people say that, you know, it's so prescriptive. Like you have to follow a plan or you have to follow your ratios in order to see success. And that's, it's not the case because you are still able to have that, you know, just like Christina was saying, carbs work better for her. Um, and that let that alone is intuitive. Um, but you can also have a different type of relationship with your macronutrients, right? Um, that is a little bit more focused on being intuitive and yes, in the upfront, is it a little bit more prescriptive? Probably. 
right? Like you have, you have a learning curve. You need to understand what it even means to track and how to feel your body appropriately. But once you know that, um, being intuitive is sort of the next hopeful step for you. There's this, I was going to say there's, there is this battle between like macro trackers and intuitive eaters right now. Yeah. And it's, there totally is. It's almost like shaming macro. Absolutely. I feel feel like offended. (laughs) No, it is. It is. But what I truly, truly, truly believe, and if this is an unpopular opinion, I don't care. I truly believe in order to intuitively eat, in order to like know what your body needs, you need to know the things that you are like that you can feed it. So it's like if you're feeling some sort of way or whatever and you want to feel a different sort of way, how are you, how do you know what to eat if you haven't like had the education to like a, and you can't like apply that education? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like in the to get to this point where I am at now where I do not track at all. I completely eat intuitively. I have not tracked a macronutrient in nine months. In order to get to this point, I had to intensely track and like learn, okay, my body feels better with like higher carbs. My body feels terrible under like 130 grams of protein or like, oh my God, there's so much fat in this food. And fat makes me feel full and really shitty. And it's like, you don't know that unless you're like taking the time to learn that like educate yourself on what your body actually needs and like going through the hard part to get to the easy part. You don't just like wake up knowing like, oh, like I woke up and like avocado, like I like God told me I need to eat an avocado <laughs> to like feel energized. Like that's not how shit works. You have to like do the hard stuff and learn first. I could not agree with that more. I truly couldn't. It makes me so angry. <laughs> okay. Well, back up. It like kills me. It doesn't make me angry because I also, and here's why, here's why is because I think that it's hard to like make blanket statements about something like this, right? Because there are going to be some people who like learning in this style where you're like dialing in so much and like you're paying so much close attention. Like it's just frustrating or it feels like legitimately not the best way to learn. But there's also like a whole scope of other people who, you know, are in our like that camp where it's like, I am still pretty intensely tracking to figure out what I intuitively need. Because intuitively, I just want to eat a ton of carbs. But when I really look at the macro data, I actually guys like I don't really function like at my best, like I still need fat to like feel great, even though I don't like it. But it's so that's like information that I like need. I need to like keep looking at that data to like kind of like convince me that just because I intuitively quote unquote want to eat high carbs doesn't mean it's the best thing. And I also like I think about this in the terms of like money a lot. Smackers are essentially money and it's like, you know, for a lot of people like you track your finances. Like if you want to buy a house, like you start looking at like where your money is going so that you can like have the house. But if you're just like blindly, aimlessly wandering through your life, spending things, you know, willy nilly, like it might take you a long ass time to buy your house. However, if you start yeah. like dialing things in and you're like, oh, OK, like I'm like spending money here. I don't really need to. I could probably make some tweaks here and like I could probably start saving a little bit more like on this week, you know, so I can whatever. Like you start like paying attention to those things. Macros are the exact same thing. Like I think people are always so That's so good, Natalie. 
People are so open to like tracking other areas of their life, like money, right? When they have a goal. But as soon as it like starts to be like related to like food and your social life and your friends and your body, like all of a sudden it's like super taboo. And people are like, oh my God, this is so obsessive. And I'm like, literally, (laughs) nobody has ever said that about tracking money. (laughs) Like, so why is it (laughs) like that for food? Okay. Totally. You know, like, and I also think that like people, like, they call it obsessive because it's hard. And it's like, yeah, to succeed at anything, you have to like, for sure, be obsessed with it when you first start because you have to like try and like apply yourself. (laughs) It's not intuitive at all. It is literally like learning something completely new, something that you've never done before in a subject that you are experiencing or and dealing with and and having to apply yourself at like five times a day and I think or more and I think actually like when you that's a really great point because when you do start to break it down I think because you are eating literally every single day multiple times a day for the rest of your life forever and the choices are endless you know like you can eat 900,000 different things just for breakfast so like (laughs) <laughs> to keep that this makes me so excited <laughs> yeah, me too. i can't wait me for too <laughs> it's at nine o'clock at night yeah FYI. right now so we're all just like yeah. go to sleep close your eyes so you can wake up 12 hours <laughs> but i think too like that is also where a lot of like you know it becomes so overwhelming with money it's like you know you have a dollar you have five dollars you got ten dollars and like you know the choices just aren't that vast so I get it. It's such a double-edged sword, but I also think to your point, like for most people where tracking it, they like flag it as being right or wrong or whatever. It's just because it's hard and that doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it hard. It just makes it hard. I want to dive a little bit deeper into where some of these bad reps are coming from. Paige, what? Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go for it, girl. Throw some shade at Instagram's face. <laughs> no, I just feel like it's a, like a, everyone's always like, oh, you don't need to track, ma- track macros. You'll, you're going to get an eating disorder. And I'm like, right. that's not true. I, <laughs> I see a lot of people that are former macro counters and they're coming out and bashing it because that they were like this different person and they were, you know, feeling like they had to be by the book. And now they're a little messed up because of it. And they're trying to go the total opposite route, which is being mindful. And that's a wonderful thing. So I would say social media is the bulk of the bad news. I mean, you both know how I feel about social media, so that's <laughs> rest. Yes, we you do. know what I also see about macros all the time? I see, like, people love to tag macros, like, only in junk food, which I think is really right? funny. I know. I know. Like, the, like, whole, like, like IFYM movement news. of, like, it only being donuts. <laughs> And you see like Instagram models, whatever quotation marks, models, models like <laughs> eating donuts and being like, I'm free and I eat donuts, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a comparison trap. And I think it's so easy to just absorb someone else's thinking when you're like spending too much time scrolling and like totally, totally unfollow accounts, like take breaks. You know, if like you're totally. reading something that's like not serving you, like you can eliminate that thing. <laughs> like, yeah. 
you can crazy you can do that so i think that's like actually jumping ahead like a tangible way that you can like make sure that you're properly assessing if macros are right or wrong for you is like take away some of like the excess opinions and like figure out what it actually is that works for you or doesn't work for you without other things muddling i also actually think that tracking for too long or being at a deficit for too long is something that causes a bad rep because I think for most people, they start tracking macros with a goal to lose weight or change their body composition. But the reality is that often those macros aren't meant to be sustainable. So if you're trying to force yourself into these macros that don't work for your life, like, of course, it's going to feel wrong for you. It's not supposed to be right for you in like that sense. Um, But what what else do you guys think? I love that because a lot of I think that people, especially outside the macro world, don't understand that when you get those numbers, they're for your specific goal and lifestyle at that time. And like what that's going to look like two years from now is completely different. So like if it does feel hard, not only is learning how to track macros hard, but sometimes hitting those numbers or finding a way to hit those numbers in a way that feels okay is also really hard, but you don't have to like limit your intake like that forever. Those are not your forever numbers. Those are your numbers for like maybe a couple months, like maybe (laughs) they're going to change. You're going to get more food. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) The silver lining to everything. You're going to get more calories. Surprise. Totally is like, like you're going to be all right. We promise. And like, and we would net like, obviously we would never put you at, at a our us as coaches would never put you in a place where you were like, these are making me feel terrible. That would never happen. But if you are tracking your, if you're trying to hit what like my fitness pal has set for you, like, yeah, that's going to be impossible. They're going to set you at like 1100 calories because you probably put to lose two pounds a week for the next six weeks, you know? (laughs) So that's also where they're getting a bad rep probably. Right. Actually, we've had so many, now that I've said it, We've had so many clients on new intro calls being like, I've dabbled tracking macros. I put my information into my fitness pal. I tried to track it. And like, I was over my fat before breakfast was done. And I was like, what were your goals? And it was like 20 grams oh my of God. for the day. I'm like, okay, first of all, you're 5'11 and you were eating 1100 calories. Let's start there. <laughs> like, I think that just the ratios and stuff, like where people are finding their first sets of numbers. I don't know. That's also where it gets bad rep. So let's talk a little bit more of some tangibles and how you can like specifically know if what you're experiencing with tracking macros is normal or if it's like actually alarming and concerning. So I'm going to say them and then you guys are going to jump in. So first one, macros feel hard. It's taking a lot of effort. Is this normal or not? It's normal. Very normal, especially in the first, I don't know two months. (laughs) I mean, I would even say more if you're not working with a coach who's like actually helping you or like giving you information. Like, yeah, for a few months, it's definitely going to feel pretty challenging. If like you haven't gotten over that learning curve in like, if you've learned it already and it still feels hard, then there's definitely stuff that you can do to change that. But yeah, like it's pretty normal for it to feel hard in the beginning for sure. So what's like a way that you would move through that? Well, there's a couple ways. So if like if a client came to me and they're like, I'm struggling. Well, there's a couple things you could look at, right? You could try to track in a different way. 
So if it's been, again, in the beginning, like if you have your set of macronutrient goals and you're trying to like, like just try and hit your macronutrient goals, it doesn't matter how far away you are. Like just that's your learning phase. It's going to feel hard. Just just do your best to get there um, and like play around with, you know, your diary. One of the things that I like to have our clients do is like log a normal day's worth of food, not even looking at their macronutrients before they eat it. Just like log like what is a normal day and then look at what their macros are and be like, what in this day that already exists that I know I enjoy and like have access to can be edited to get close. So it doesn't feel like so hard. It's not like you're starting from mm-hmm. scratch, right? You're already starting with something right. that is like a thing you're used to um, or just like a changing your approach to tracking, right? So like you could, um, you know, pre-log your food the night before if you know it's in your house or you could um, play around with like eating bigger breakfast or like your meal timing if you're like feeling really hungry by the time you get to the end of the day and you have like 80 grams of protein left like yeah it's gonna be hard to get down so like maybe try sprinkling that shit earlier in the day so it's like you can kind of you can kind of adjust it and make itself easier on your on yourself or if you get home you have a ton of food left every day like pack snacks or like plan an extra break in whatever I think there's new like ways to adjust your day to make it easier on yourself love that I also actually think it can be really helpful to circle back on why you started in the first place. And this applies to not just tracking macros, but anything that you start that feels hard. I think you have to remember the reason why you're doing it. If you're just like head down, like sludging through the mud and you're like, why the hell am I even here? Like you're just making it worse. Honestly, like go back to why you started it. Refocus on the end goal. I think that actually can usually be really, really powerful. The shift. That's such a Natalie answer. Uh, you know. <laughs> I love it. I'm just like, yeah, it's hard. Get (laughs) over it. And you're like, yeah, but just like look inside at like your inner spirit. (laughs) Look inside. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, well, just stop being a baby. (laughs) The Jersey girl is here, guys. Yikes. Yikes. But yeah, I think overall to tie it in a bow, as you say, Nat, it's it's pretty normal for it to feel challenging. Absolutely. Don't give up. Keep Keep going. Keep pushing. Next one, feeling burnt out. Is this normal or is this a little bit more concerning? The odds are if you're feeling burnt out, you've been tracking for a while. I felt this way. I would bet that Christina and Nat have felt the same way before. And it just probably means you need to take a little bit of a step back, right? Maybe reassess what you have going on. Does it feel like you're putting you know, 110% of your effort into tracking. Um, and that's, you're, you're kind of burning both ends of the candle, right? And you're kind of getting to a point of, I need to take a break. And it's, we all get there. I think we call it like the eight week or nine week itch. Christina, don't you call it that? Or like yeah, the-, the dark weeks, the dark weeks. Yeah, the dark weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight or nine weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like, not to be the like hard ass coach, but <laughs> I also feel like, yeah, yes, I've definitely been to a point where I've been burnt out and I've totally taken a break of completely not tracking and it's felt really good. But I've also been in places where I've just been like, oh, this feels hard. I'm burnt out when realistically I just had to like change up the way that I was tracking. So like not using a food scale. And it, again, this is like after a long period of time. This is not like three weeks in when you're like, I know everything and I'm amazing. Like you actually need to know everything. It has to be later in life. So like months later, 
and you're just like, I can't bring my food scale out one more goddamn time or I am like so overlogging the same coffee or whatever. I feel like there's a couple of ways you can make it a little looser, but still feel kind of in control and still log your food if that was something that would feel good to you. So one of those things is like logging without a food scale. So still logging your food, but not using an actual food scale. That's a fun one. You would not believe how liberating that feels to just like log food after you eat and not like during on the scale, taking things on and off your plate, whatever. It is like a total game changer. Another one is just like logging your food throughout the day and then just like eyeballing dinner, what you have with what you have left. Another that's a good one. I do that. I that was like my go to one when I was in like kind of like maintaining, but still wanted to stay in check. Um, another one's taking, you know, like just certain days off, not completely tracking off, but just like a day or two during the week or weekend. Another one is giving yourself a refeed day. Great for the mind. If you're, especially in your, if you're in a deficit, if you just give your day, give yourself a day where you have just like a couple more carbs, like a Saturday, it feels like a treat, but in like a very controlled way, it's like a matter of a couple calories and, and it feels like of like Mardi Gras. It's like <laughs> out of control. That's one way you can do it. Yeah. Lots of different approaches you can take as opposed to just being like, ah, oh, I'm done. I quit. Perfect. Next. Don't quit. You can do it. You can't do you it. Can. <laughs> Next one is feeling low energy, depressed, or consistently anxious. Normal or not no. normal? normal page what do you think no I would not say that this is normal I mean feeling low energy and anxious about macros is the exact opposite of how we want you to feel so you know I would maybe consider taking a break if you're feeling like it's surmounting to be something that is too much to handle but also you know maybe you need a change in your macros if you're feeling low on energy perhaps your carbs are a little bit low Maybe you're just needing a little bump in the caloric action. Or your fats are too high. When my fat's too high, I'm like a dead slug. Like a sad, (laughs) sad dead slug. Same. In the rain. (laughs) When I'm spending most of my macros on alcohol, sugar, or like food, food out, I'll be like on paper hitting my macros, but like I feel like actually like the most depressed down and out person ever. So like changing like how I'm hitting my macros is like the approach that's like, but I also think it's important to point out like, you know, you know your body the best. So if this is like, you know, you're feeling this way and it's feeling more triggered from the awareness aspect of tracking macros, like true, you might, yeah, like it might be wrong for you. You might need to stop tracking entirely or like, you know, put it down until you're like feeling in a better place. But it's kind of like, I think the only thing you can really compare it to is like yourself before you started tracking, right? I completely agree with that. Full disclosure, I've actually, um, I, I signed up for a macro program once um, in like recent years because I was just like not feeling good in like my body. And I was like, oh, maybe I need a coach. Like, I don't know why I can't get my shit together or whatever. So I signed up for a program and I started tracking um, it like pretty intensely. And it was just, it was not right. It was not the right time for me and I was like missing my macros even though like I could hit my macros with my freaking eyes closed like it was just wrong like something was was wrong and I actually stopped I paid out the program and I and I did not track I've actually don't think I've even ever told you guys that but like mentally I was just not in a place 
I was like struggling with some things, like just some personal stuff. And it did not work for me at that time. So I came back to it four months later and like absolutely crushed it and felt great. But I had to like get my shit right first. So. Okay. Last one is if tracking macros appears to be impacting your relationships negatively, normal or not normal. That is not normal. And I feel like it's also important to note that when you're talking about relationships, the one with yourself is also on that list. Not just like your friends or your boyfriend or husband or whatever, or your kids. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking to yourself in like a negative way and you're like feeling like a failure or if you're like avoiding social events or whatever, like, yeah, that's not, that's not good. That's not normal. Well, not to be the hard ass coach again. Here she comes, guys. Buckle up. I feel like a terrible person. No, I know that's no, not no, true. No. Looking back at like my first couple sessions, and even when I have certain sessions or not sessions, even like now when I go through different phases of being more strict or, or loose, when we're saying impacting relationships negatively, we're not talking about like, weighing what is worth it and what's not worth it. Like me going out with my friends and declining a drink is not deprivation and impacting my relationship negatively. If it's my choice and that's something that like I weighed the worth of it and like it didn't feel worth it to me at the time. I feel like we have to clear that up because like on one hand, like I at no point do I ever want our clients to feel like They have to be holed up for this to work for them. But on the other hand, like making those decisions and like being aware that like, yeah, like maybe we don't have to go out to every single event we're invited to and have drinks just because everybody else is like, I still think that's a conversation you have to have with yourself. It's just making, making the choice, just like you would be making a choice over you know, what dinner you want to have on the menu at the restaurant, right? Totally. It's like you could go with the bacon, mac and cheese, but is it going to make you feel great at the end of the day? Same thing with a social event or, you know, another totally. night out. Totally. Um, is that going to serve you? And is that going to make you the best person that you can be for the goals that you have at hand? Yeah. But like, yeah, if your relationship, like if you are truly struggling with like connecting with people because like the thing, like how you connect with them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I think so. Like if your relationships are actually feeling like they're being harmed, that is not normal. Well, I think there's a difference between changing and harming, right? So as you're changing your lifestyle, it's normal that, yeah, like maybe some of your relationships are going to like evolve and change and look a little different and how you spend your time right. with your friends or with yourself might look different as you're changing your lifestyle. But there's a difference between like being impacted negatively and just changing. Yes. So I think like that's also where people are like, oh, like I can't go out anymore. I feel like I da da da. It's like, well, totally. does going out mean like accepting the invitation or does it mean like you're just now fueling your body differently? You're like saying yes or no to choices differently because totally change isn't always synonymous with harm. Totally. I also feel like the way you connect with certain people, certain friends, certain coworkers, like a lot of people will be like, oh, well, this is affecting my job because I can't like go to happy hour and like entertain. 
I'm like, well, you totally could and have, you know, like a soda water with a lime and like no, no one would be the wiser and you could still order all the same apps and do all the things that you need to do. It's just like, what's the weight of that versus like what you're trying to accomplish? Love that. Yeah. All right, guys. Paige, I'm going to give you the honor this week. Da da da! Da 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 da! Macro Okay, Christina, take it away. Yeah, I'm about to rock your world, Natalie Hopkins. Buckle up. I'm running out of seatbelts over here, but okay. Buckle up. Okay. Macro hack of the week. The important find. Ready? Set. Go. Go. Split turkey breast. Do you know what that is? Enlighten us. Nope. Okay. At the grocery store, there's a little thing called the split turkey breast. Pretty much every major grocery store has it. Any, like, butcher area will have it. It is your standard turkey breast. But it is on the bone. So, Maximo flavor. Absolutely delicious. Cheaper than chicken breast. And it's huge, right? You buy, like, one split turkey breast. It's, like, a couple pounds. It's, like, very big. So, my go-to thing to do with that these days is to just roast it with, like, olive oil, rosemary. Um, You could also grill it. Also, if you're feeling soups lazy, some grocery stores even do a rotisserie split turkey breast so instead of getting like a rotisserie chicken where there's all these like rogue parts and you're like oh i just wanted the like xyz or like there's a lot of skin or whatever you just get the breast super lean super juicy ground turkey breast is literally so disgusting so if you just get a split turkey breast you'll get all the juice all the flavor none of the weird sand pebbles done i mean that actually sounds really freaking good i'm pretty on board with that it's so good. And ground turkey breast is like, it's the same, you know, ratio, right? There's like a little, like there's a skin layer. You can take it off if you want. But because the skin and the bone are there when it's cooking, it's just like this meaty, delicious, like like way more complex flavor than you would get with a chicken breast. You could also do this with chicken breast, by the way. They sell split chicken breast as well with the bone and the skin. But it's just, it's just the way to go, guys. That's the way. Just do it. I'm interested too that it's cheaper than chicken. Yeah, girl. It is. It's cheaper than chicken breasts because you get those thin sliced chicken breasts. It's like twelve, thirteen dollars a pound. Yeah, those are really expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And like the organic, organic, no hormones, organic. Totally. <laughs> totally. All that free whatever. Paige, what's yours? So mine's actually kind of in line what we already talked about a little bit. So it's just sort of a piggyback off of the earlier topic, but it's more or less of just knowing when to listen to your body if you're ready for a change up in your numbers. I actually just did this myself two, about two or three weeks ago now. I was just noticing I needed more food and I'm doing a lot more in the gym, lifting heavier and just noticing like, I got to get those gains up a little bit. So I think I need some more fuel. Um, So I know this is really custom because I'm a coach and I sort of have the idea of how to adjust my own personal macros. So I would definitely recommend reaching out to a coach, doing your research if you don't have a coach right now um, to make sure that you're adjusting correctly. Um, But, you know, it was just to the point of that I felt like I was almost restricting myself. So I said, you know what? 
I'm going to listen to what my body needs and what my body's really trying to tell me. Um, and we just made about a 250 calorie adjustment, ladies. I love that. It's all about girls. Yeah. Those wedding diets can get so crazy. I mean, yes. That not wedding cut, either. man. I was... I mean, we have some time. We're not at the cut phase yet. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, I think when you are talking about trying to get to a certain body composition and like trying yeah. to like diet or cut or lose weight, you automatically think, okay, what's the minimum amount of calories I can withstand to get there? Where it's like, that is likely the worst way to get there. True. Totally agree with that. So mine, kind of similar to you, Paige, you kind of teased it earlier in the episode, but Changing up the way that you track has been my like forever macro hack like this summer. So (laughs) I have been on a program actually, and I'm still on a program and have recently just jumped into like the next phase of that program where I'm trying to take everything I've learned and have accumulated and move into true maintenance and like actually weaning off of tracking on my phone. So exciting. And get it, girl. Freedom. (laughs) Freedom. And what I am noticing in the process is that changing the way that I track my macros is like completely imperative to being in that space. So, what I've been doing is tracking, like, or I'm sorry, not tracking, but I will plan out my day of my meals, not taking into account like how much of anything, because I've been doing this for so long that I kind of know and I'm trying to learn how to trust my body, but I still make the plan. And then at the end of the day, I go in and I track like the specifics. And if I need to make any like small tweaks at like around dinner time, cool, great, I can do that. And also aligned with this to keep myself so that I'm still enjoying my treats, right? Like pizza, ice cream, all that stuff, but not feeling like absolute garbage. I'm keeping a treat tracker. So it's literally just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like go through the day and I have a goal of having like five treats a week. So I, you know, when I have a treat, like I just kind of like make note of it so that it doesn't turn into a thing where like by Sunday, I'm like, oh, why do I feel terrible? And then I go back and I look and I'm like, oh, it's because I spent my macros on alcohol, sugar and like pizza throughout the entire week when that was totally unnecessary. So that's my macro hack. It's just like really switching the way. Wait, I have a question. When you say you pre-plan your day, do you mean like when you like pre like outline your day? Is it mentally or is it like on that? On I actually don't open the app. So I don't open the app until later in the day because I actually found that sometimes I was eating when I wasn't really hungry just because I was like so dialed into the app. Trying to fill the yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I don't look at the grams until the end of the day. So do you write down Yes. Where do you write it? Like in yeah, a note? Yeah, I have a note on like my like notes app in my phone and on my computer that every morning it's just part of my new little morning routine is like I have breakfast and I like create the menu for the day and I am trying to just like get into the habit of trusting how much I need and I still take account of it. Like I know when I log tonight like I'm going to be completely accurate, but I'm not like going and logging throughout the day. Okay, so you like write down like, oh, today I'm going to have like this breakfast. I'm going to have like a salad with chicken for lunch and I'm going to have like pasta for dinner and like probably like a some sort of treat at night. Cool. It's working. Thanks, guys. It's working so I love well. That. I feel so much less anxious and like it actually feels way more like like a healthy way to transition into like maintenance and like weaning off of using sure. the app, you know? Yeah. You like know what to expect too. Well, how to like a framework for your, your day. Totally. 
it's so like customized to what you're looking for too. Like it's, you're really listening to what you want to make this macro experience like for yourself. And especially if you're on a program right now and you're, you're optimizing off of that. So I think that's the best. Thanks. Guys, you're the best. (laughs) Right back at you. And the best host. Thanks Thanks for being such a great host. Wait, so two weeks in a row, I'm not the host. I feel like I'm getting fired from my own company. So (laughs) I'm going to go. JK. Nat, you were amazing host, but Paige, you're the host next week. So (gasps) are we talking about rainbows and unicorns? What are we talking about? I cannot wait, you guys. We have two of our wonderful, wonderful clients, Alyssa Richards and Erin Parkin on next week. They are going to be talking about their macro journeys with the habit, what motivated them to sign up. The list goes on. It's going to be a great conversation. Make sure you check it out. Me too. We've never had a client on the show before. Such a dynamic. We're going to be like five crazy voices all over the place. <laughs> how was how is our editor going to edit that shit? God bless you. All right, out. you guys. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. dead i'm dead i can't i can't that's what i'm saying abort. i can't abort. Tr- everything feels wrong what if, in the what if we just start recording a brand new intro <laughs> Stop. Yeah. it's when i say that that you guys like crumble these hooligans i can't can we move on now but you guys actually who let us have a podcast we hope you have a great time here at the show <laughs> I hope you're eating us more. <laughs> oh my god. Christina just shot a, a white claw when she went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my ribs hurt. I'm Ugh. dying. I've had I've just bleh. <laughs> you guys, I'm so sorry. I haven't eaten it since like Go. four o'clock and I'm dying. Yeah, get a snack. I know. I literally just like shove crackers three other chickens <laughs> so i'm just like my mind is like okay page page it's good it's good it's not good page good. good thing i ate so many peanut butter pretzels before uh, this. i didn't eat but i'm like ready to go crush a protein brownie and call it a night i moved to vermont and started making jam <laughs> what it's the best. i know you always find foods in like these most obscure places you're like oh yeah well i just like sourced it from the amish and i'm like Okay, well. We'll travel for food. Uh, don't you understand? <laughs> so uh, Does it have the dark chocolate? Yeah. Oh, well? yeah. It's Cherry <gasps> Garcia, baby. It tastes like it? It is. Yeah. 100%. Ooh. That sounds yeah, so good. Yeah, it's amazing.